Hello, people. Welcome to the show. It is Monday, February 14th. Hope everybody's doing well. This is episode 101 of the show. Hard to believe we've even made it that far, but congratulations. If you listen this far, you obviously do not have anything else to do. <laughs> no, just playing. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Um, obviously, you know why you're here. Uh, I have a very, very, very special guest on the show today. Uh, Corey from the legendary Smash Brothers. Uh, the Smash Brothers, if you don't know, um, are have been a stand-up comedy duo, identical twins. They've been a duo since uh, the last 16, 17 years, right around that time. And uh, they have been on the likes of Showtime. Uh, they've opened up for Ralphie May, rest in peace, for many, many years. One of my favorite stand-up comedians of all time. And uh, I just had a great and very heartfelt conversation with uh, with our friend Corey. So um, enjoy that. Stay tuned. And uh, enjoy. Thank you guys once again. Really, it's uh, it's been a wild ride, 101 episodes. Thank you guys for tuning in if you still have tuned in. Um, and enjoy the show. Why are you laughing? You have any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing podcast. <laughs> Hi, Corey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> Good, man. Hey, you know, uh, among other things, uh, thank you once again. We were just chatting a second ago uh, before the show. It, it it warms my heart to know that, you know, you don't do a lot of these, but it's nice that you, uh, you, you came on the show. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me, and I'm sure a lot of people who get to, uh, who know you guys are will listen to this and, and, and enjoy. So thank you f- and welcome to the show, really. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, no problem. So um, how are things going for you, by the way? Like comedy-wise, I know you were just saying that things have kind of slowed, obviously, because of the last two hectic years. Um, so how does that like affect your material and stuff like that? Well, we've totally had to change our material and like things pre-COVID. The world softened probably for the better who knows but uh we're we've cut back a lot of our dirtier stuff and all those years touring with ralphie he encouraged you know the dirtier the better and then when we did the andrew dice clay special same thing he encouraged the dirtier the better so with our new special we're work on working on it uh it's nowhere near as dirty we've purposely cut back and pulled back a lot of people are really sensitive and you know that could be yeah. a good thing um, but yeah, we're, we're just going to choose for our third special, uh, to do something a little bit different. So that's what we're working on now. And these clubs is, um, coming up with new material. Wow. Yeah. I know. I know exactly how you feel. I've, I've been a musician for most of my life. So it's like trying to figure out what clubs you can go to and, and trying to switch around your sound and stuff like that. It's, it can be, uh, taxing. <laughs> so does Yeah. Well, we always tend, I mean, because, you know, we've been doing stand-up comedy 17 years. That's right. Uh, 17 years, we've probably been on the dirtier side, you know, 15 of those uh, years. So uh, to hold back and cut back and 
and uh, basically morph into the, from the cocoon to a, a different colored butterfly is a, is a challenge at best, you know, and we've been doing stand up solo because our new thing is, is we're going to do where uh, one of us goes up then the other one will go up and then we'll close out the special of us being together. So, wow, what a great idea. We're just trying to do something different out of the box, a little bit different than what other, and there's not many comedy duos as there is, but we're trying to do something a little bit different where, you know, one, then the other brother, and then we just close it out doing 30 minutes together and 15 minutes each doing uh, solo stuff. Wow. That's amazing. Cause you guys were, as you said, there's not really many duos out there. Now, how has it changed for you in the last 16 years? Since, you know, you guys were together, is is it weird being up there by yourself? Have you done any shows by yourself yet? Yeah, uh, especially during the Ralphie days. He's the one that put that into uh, our thought process. He would have us do solo. Or if um, there was my dad, Chad doesn't have children, I do. So if a birthday was coming up or holiday or Easter or whatever, Chad would still hit the road with Ralphie. And I would come home. He would do solo stuff on his own with Ralph. And then I would do local around town gigs. Um, so it, it's, it's not new to us. It's just we don't have thousands of sets of by ourselves. We do together, but not, not alone. So this week I have three, three different sets I'm doing by myself. We'll do the Dirty Show on Wednesday at the Ontario Improv. That'll be together. Uh, but then after that, we're going to be doing separate shows on purpose by design, yeah. uh, smaller venues, bars, restaurants, a couple guest spots at, uh, improvs, just popping in doing five, six, seven, eight minutes. And it takes a while to get an hour of material. Uh, we're not trying to get an hour, uh, solo each. We just want about 30 minutes each and then edit it down possibly to 15 minutes each. And then, uh, an hour together, edit it down to 30 minutes, you know, the good old editing process, but. Yeah, we just want to try something new for this special, and who knows? Maybe Netflix will pick it up, or Showtime again, or who knows? There's so many different platforms out there that uh, we'll just be excited to see who picks it up after we film it. So we're just trying to take advantage of 2022 and just work on completely new material. Do you guys bounce ideas off of each other when you uh, when you do the solo stuff, or is it just kind of like? Yeah. Uh, well, I know you collaborate, obviously, but when you do your solo stuff, I know for myself, when I, you know, uh, became a solo artist after my band, it was very, very interesting to see the process of like, okay, I'm on my own. So how is that right. for you? Well, we've always, since iPhones came out years back, we've always taken advantage of the memo, the voice memo. Yeah. We, we're not writers. We don't have, oh, sorry about that. We don't have... Uh, we don't have joke books and, and things like that. We actually just digitally use voice memos and send each other voice memos and be like, hey, what do you think of this? Or we'll uh, audio record a set and then text it to each other. And that's we kind of use game footage, kind of like in football or sports. And we just use the audio um, and take it from there. And then he'll add on. He'll ad lib, I don't know, a punchline or how it could be better and send it over and and then we mark the minutes and all that kind of crazy detailed stuff. And uh, and then we go from there and build on. But we never were joke writers, though. Uh, Ralphie either. Ralphie never wrote down one joke. There's not a joke book written in Ralphie's closet somewhere. He never wrote down jokes. And all those years of being with him, I guess it kind of rubbed off on us. We, I mean, we'll write out ideas, but there's no um, 
there's no joke book. A lot of comics have books they'll carry around and, right. you know, bring with them on the stool. We just, we're old school. We're, we don't, we don't do that. Wow. I, I, I'm in awe. That's, that's crazy, man. Good, good for you guys. And congratulations on, uh, on, on making it this, this far, obviously that's, that's amazing what you guys have done, you know, in your whole 17 years. That's, that's a big deal. Um, is it, weird when like you go to a club that maybe you you guys and Ralphie were at and you know kind of you know as we were talking about before the show he would have been 51 I believe is is that correct I believe so yeah is it strange going into a club and and, and kind of do people still talk about him I mean I'm sure they do but is it just strange kind of yeah. walking in there and having it be like that yeah, it is. Uh, and it's strange when nobody brings it up. So it goes both ways. Uh, right. it, it just seems like with Ralphie passing away in 2017, the time is flying by. Uh, what we'd started to do a year or two ago is whenever we uh, run across comics in the green rooms that knew Ralphie, we uh, use our iPhones and kind of have been filming like a documentary of, of sort of speak where we have the comics tell us their best Ralphie may experience or story. And then I figure, you know, in five years from now, we'll edit all these different interviews and excerpts and things that we've recorded and we'll come up with something, you know, uh, you know, nothing like a major Netflix deal, but just like a documentary of our own sure. experience, sure. road stories and stuff. And, having comics tell their best Ralphie May story, but it's great when you go to a comedy club and you walk in and you see his autographed headshot on the wall, or, you know, we were fortunate enough to do 48 States and four different countries with Ralphie, you know, we've done, oh, wow. you know, counted, but somewhere around 1500 shows or 1800 shows with Ralphie. So, uh, you know, we've damn near hit every comedy club and theater in America, North America, and so doing it on our own, uh, it does bring back a lot of warm memories and like, oh, you remember when we parked the tour bus here and, oh, you know, whatever shenanigans <laughs> happen, or, uh, you know, it's just it, it's fun to do it on our own. But we we sure do miss Ralphie and, and everything kind of goes back to him. It, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. You know? I was thinking the same thing because I lost two friends over the summer. I don't know if you can see that, uh, the bucket, mm. or, but um one thing I want to commend you both for is, you know, honoring somebody's memory is one of the most important things you can do to keep them alive. You know, I think about, I think about my two friends, like they were, they were chicks, but they were like some of the tightest friends I ever had. And it's, it's just so funny to, uh, to think today I was listening to, I listened to Joey's podcast and, uh, he was talking about, um, friends and, and family like in like the last 30 minutes of the show and then uh, I listened to Two Bears and Spade was talking about Farley you know when you write now when you're writing does it come up do, like does it do you think about what Ralphie May would have said um, or what he would have thought of your new material because I know you mentioned it in the past what he's thought of, may have thought about like the censorship and stuff like that how does that affect you guys now yeah we're actually been working on our closer is a Ralphie May story of a funny story of an experience we had with Ralphie. And so we've been working it out uh, and, you know, sharing this wild 15 minute story about Ralphie. And 
and we'll laugh because you know there were some wild times on that tour bus. I mean, before he had the tour bus, we were flying Southwest and rental cars. And then once he got the tour bus, things really kicked off because now we were all on a bus together. He actually bought the bus from Dave Matthews band. And I remember when he gets the bus, he's like, fly to Chicago, baby. He's all, we got the bus. I'm like, Oh, okay. And he's like, go up to Chicago at the airport. And he's like, what do you think, baby? Bought it from Dave Matthews Band. Uh, spent $600,000 and had to spend $30,000 washing the shitty music out of this son of a bitch. <laughs> but, you know, to us, it was like the great, like this bus, you know, air doors, you hit the button. It's like Star Trek psh, opens up. We had bunk beds and a little in our bunk bed and a Starbucks espresso machine. And like, it just... It was an experience where Ralphie really taught us the fundamentals and the business of show business, not just how to be funny and work your jokes, but there's a whole business to it, you know, selling your merch, uh, uh, being professional at these comedy clubs. Um, Ralphie has a great video that he did at the comedy store where it's about 90 minutes to two hours long, where Ralphie did kind of like a TED talk on how to become a stand-up comedian and what to do and what not to do. And I suggest everyone who's in the entertainment business, even if you're not in comedy, watch this video. You can find it, Ralphie May uh, interview comedy store, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And he sits on stage with the crowd and just talks about the business and the fundamentals of comedy. And it's kind of lonely being on the road, actually. You know, yeah, we took advantage of touring and, and entertaining the fans, but the other 22 hours of the day, it gets pretty lonely. You know, yeah, we were all brothers and we all, which was great. We could all kind of fraternize and stuff, but being on the road, driving for six, eight, 10 hours to the next town, you're missing your family, your loved ones, girlfriend, boy, you know, all that stuff. And it just, um, it really makes you appreciate that time on stage. So when you get off stage and the crowd's clapping and you introduce big boy and he goes up and he's crushing the crowd for 90 minutes, we were fortunate. He'd let us do 30 minutes. He would do 90 minutes. It was a two hour show, just us. And which is rare because sometimes a lot of comics will have two, three, four openers. Ralphie liked it to us. We were like the host and the feature act. And we really learned a lot and we go back and, and, and reminisce and think about all those times and, he'll pop up into our heads when we're doing a joke and it, the joke eats shit or, or you get the oohs and the ahs. Ralphie would always say, listen, you're paying for a show. You're trying to invoke all emotions, sadness, happiness, gross. Uh, you know, you in a comedy show. It's not just punchline setup, punchline, punchline. You're telling a story and silence is okay. If, if the crowd's silent, they're listening to you. Because uh, we would panic if our jokes weren't going over and the crowd was silent. We we're like, oh, shit. You know, this material is eating shit in Tallahassee. The shit killed in Florida or, you know, Miami. What happened? You know, but you got to eat that up. Now we embrace the silence. You know, we've been doing it so long now that it's OK if a joke tanks and eats shit. You know, now, you know, OK, I need to work on that a little bit. Or maybe that wasn't the right demographic to try that joke or. You know, there's a lot of variables, but he really did teach us the business, the show business, and for we'll be forever in debt to him for that and grateful yeah. for him schooling us and giving us the opportunity of of 
touring the country and 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 learning from this legend you know yeah yeah i I mean i can't even imagine what it must have been like just to roll up to a club and just see all those people out there and being like i can't believe i'm here that's exactly what i would say every single time if that happened to me (laughs) yeah stepping off the bus is like you felt like a fucking rock star you'd step off that bus and you'd see the line wrapped around or we would always he had the windows tinted to where we could see out, but they couldn't see in and we'd open up the blinds and he's like, how's the line, baby Kate? I'm like wrapped around the motherfucker. He's like, all right, let's have a safety <laughs> meeting. We'd have our little safety meeting, you know, everyone get their minds right. Their game's tight. We'd grab some <laughs> bottles of water and, uh, and we'd head in and, and, uh, you know, we had it down to a science where, Ralphie had us download certain songs he wanted played to the crowd. So that 30 minutes before the show starts, it was all old school rap. Ralphie was like setting the tone. We do that now. When we have shows, I have a thumb drive and I always provide it to the comedy club. I'm like, before the show starts at 30, 45 minutes after the door opens, play these songs. And it's literally the same songs that we would play with Ralphie. Uh, We play them at our shows too. And it's like old school rap and, and it really sets the tone. You look out through the curtain and the crowd's like bobbing their head, singing along, and it just sets the tone. It sets and the, the deep- mood, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes they'll play like stupid shit and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, you know, you're kind of like, what the heck? You know, so, you know, that's just one of many. Ralphie would do a meet and greet, M-E-A-T, meet, and he would, uh, he had his own barbecue sauce. And before the show, for VIP, if you bought the VIP package, he would have a barbecue and he would feed the 50, 100 VIPers and then he'd do a meet and greet and sign autographs and be with the people. And that was an experience in itself. You know, wow. he'd have sauce on all the food and he'd get local barbecue companies and kind of give back to the community by hiring a local barbecue person and he would just provide his barbecue sauce and, and, you know, I have lots of fond memories of just sitting with with fans of Ralphie's uh, and then that became ours. But they were there to see Ralphie, not the Smash Brothers. And we would win them over and they would be fans of us. And and just to break bread and eat with a stranger and have them tell us, you know, how excited they were for the show that night. And then, you know, the show would rock. And then as you're selling merch, they're like, dude, I can't believe you ate ribs with us, man. That was fucking awesome. Ralphie's the man. And. It just makes you appreciate all the hard work, dedication, and sacrifice of being away from our homes and families, yeah. uh, being on the road to entertain strangers. Man, I, that that warms my heart. There's so many people in this business that just do the show and go home. But yeah. it, it's so important to, you know, you're connecting with them on stage, connect with them in real life too. And what a what an honor it must have been for you guys to do that with him. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I'm so happy that you guys got to do that. That's great. Yeah, brother. It is an honor. We still wear our mask now and, and we'll do the meet and greet after the show. It's not the same because you're wearing a mask and uh, you know, you're not really having them. They would hug you and you get all nice and close. So things are a little standoffish. Yeah. Still. Uh, I mean, we got vaccinated and stuff just to, I mean, because we're out in the public and, you know, we're, sure. we're probably more people than the average person, I would say, you know, but um, it's just great, man. There's just so many, so many fond memories of of traveling and Ralphie, 
you know, he's seen everything. I remember the first time we were like in DC and, and all that, we would tow his, um, his Mercedes or one of his cars behind the bus. And he was like, <laughs> and he knew I'd love to go to diners, drivers and dive restaurants. And so he's like, all right, Corey, what, what restaurants did you find baby? I'm like, Ooh, well today we are going to go to a, B and C. And I go, then we're going to stop off at the Lincoln Memorial. And he goes, fuck that Lincoln Memorial. I, you go by yourself, baby. You go by yourself. So he'd go to a restaurant, but he didn't give a shit about sightseeing. You know, a lot I mean? of stairs at that Lincoln Memorial. Let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. So, but he knew I appreciated that. I went to all the, the natural science museum. Like yeah. I, I took advantage of touring and, and I, I, uh, I've seen like a giant yarn ball, the biggest uh, cast iron skillet. I've seen weird shit across our nation, but that's it's fun. Crazy. I mean, that's part of being on the road. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We used to do that uh, up North. Like we, cause I live up North obviously. So we would tour the greater new England area and uh, some of the stuff we've seen and the people we've met, it's like, you'll never forget those road stories. Those are some no. of the best times. No doubt. No doubt. By the way, I hope I'm not, I know I'm, we're a little past time. I know that you kind of had to get done. At, at, I've, got, I've got about 15, 20 more minutes, man. We're good. Oh, good. Okay. Whew. Awesome. Because <laughs> I got some more questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let me hear it. So did you guys ever think about starting a podcast together or was it just like the timing or like, have, is it something yeah, you consider we, or? We did an internet radio show before, way back, but we're actually in the process of doing a podcast. We've oh, actually just. Man. Yeah, we're going to do a podcast um, uh, and I'll save the name and all that because I'm, I'm going through the legal of buying all that stuff. But sure. yeah, we've been doing a podcast. I have a neon sign being built and different things, but I've literally have remodeled my home so we could do a podcast and I'm going to do a cooking show because uh, I cook every day and I used to cook on the tour bus for everybody. I mean, literally, literally we'd have uh, two or three barbecues and grills underneath the bus and, and I get down in the kitchen. So I'm going to have a cooking show that I'm going to cook since I cook for my daughters every day. I figure why not film it and, and, you know, edit it down to 60 second, 90 second little things and put out some tips and stuff for the people. So yeah, that's what we're, we're going to be working on. So expect oh, to see a podcast by the summer. We want to have lots of episodes in the can when we start that way, you know, we're not behind the eight ball. So we're going to record, you know, 15, 20 episodes uh, and have them ready. And yeah. then we're going to. That's a good idea. Pre-recording is, is where it's at, you know, definitely. Cause then you have more time to, to get the details right and edit and stuff like that. Um, but I should tell you, you're on episode 101 of my show. So thank you. It's my honor to have you on by the way, just yeah. as a side thing, thank bro. You. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, when you congratulations on the podcast as well, that's amazing. Um, so how how did you guys hook up with Ralphie? Were you from Arkansas as well? Nope, born no, and raised in California. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're born and raised about fifty miles east of Los Angeles. We currently still live in Southern California. We met Ralphie uh, at the Hollywood Improv. We were doing a set, and Ralphie was just about to do last comic standing i mean literally like wow we knew last comic standing was about to happen because we're you know in comedy or whatever but yeah. the public didn't really know that jay moore and all these guys are putting together this tv show so we were doing a set at the hollywood improv uh it may have been filmed i'm not sure that that 
back part to it. But I remember Ralphie seen us and he pulled us to the side and he gave us some, some solid advice. You know, we were, we were probably two, two years, three years into comedy. And he's like, you guys need to not talk over each other. You know, sometimes we would cut. Now our timing is fucking down. Like we got it because we had to come up with hand signals and gestures and uh, without talking to each other. So now we bump into each other. We'll, we'll, we'll touch each other on the back, uh, double tap and all this uh, code, if you will, to where we don't talk over each other. And that was the greatest advice. One of the greatest advice tips that Ralphie gave us. And then um, we go, well, Hey man, we're, um, uh, we're going to sleep on the sidewalk for last comic standing and do the audition. And he was like, He's like, oh, I got a private audition. What are you guys going to sleep on the sidewalk for? And I'm like, so we could be first. Yeah. And he's, and he was like, wow, really? And he's like, I go, yeah, this was like Tuesday, Wednesday. He goes, well, when, when's the, when's the auditions for you guys? I said Monday, but we're getting in line Friday. And he goes, Friday. He goes, you're going to wait Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the auditions Monday. And we're like, yeah. And he was like, holy shit. He goes, I have a show here at 10 o'clock Friday. I'll see you Friday. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, fuck yeah. Right. Ralphie man. So we went, well, you know, you know, who would have thought you never would have thought like, Oh yeah. Show up. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. we, We got a hotel down the street and we were the first one in line. And I remember the general manager came out who we know really well to this day. And he was like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're waiting in line. He's like, it's not till Monday. I go, I know, but we want to be number one. And he's like, holy shit, you guys are that dedicated that you want to be number one. I'm like, yeah, dude, we fucking, we're going to be number one, you know? And so we're sitting in line. Uh, Word must have got out because about four or five, six hours later, another comic shows up, another comic shows up. Pretty soon, eight, 10 of us deep, except we had a benefit where one of us could leave the line, go to the hotel room for three, four hours sleep shower pick up food come back the other brothers in line then that brother could go back to the hotel shit shower shine shampoo come back and we always stayed together from like 11 at night till six in the morning in case there were shenanigans we could help protect each other yeah and ralph ralphie shows up dude at fucking like 9 55 and he's like boys you're here he had coffee and he's like you're gonna do a set on my show and i'm like what and he's like tells the manager Hold my boy's space. They're going to fucking do a set. They're getting ready for Monday. And I remember, you know, other comics were on stage and he went through our set and he actually remembered jokes, believe it or not. He fucking seen us one time and he remembered jokes and he gave us all this advice for like 30 minutes before we went on stage. I wouldn't say we killed it, but we did pretty good. It wasn't like that, but we went up, we did our set. And then we introduced Ralphie, which was an honor. It was our first time introducing a big celeb, you know. And so Ralphie goes up, does his hour, comes off, um, gives us solid, solid advice, tells us good luck. We didn't know that he had a private – he didn't really – was too forthcoming, but he had a private audition, all this shit. We didn't make it on the show. We got to the audition process. One judge voted yes. The other two said no. We were on our way. Uh, Ralphie came in second, Datsan beat him, and Ralphie was at our local improv about 10 months later. Sold out all five shows, fucking crazy. We talked to the club. They're like, yeah, come on in, sit in the back, you know, 
free or whatever. So Ralphie's in his merch line and we come up and he goes, boys, he's like, how you doing? You know? And so he signed all his autographs, all that. He took us to the back. We had a safety meeting, got our minds right with them. We were fucking blown away that we're, you know, burning one with the big boy. And, wow. and he gave us advice and he's like, listen, I'm in Irvine, which is a Southern California town. He goes, I'm in Irvine here in two months. I want you guys to open for me. You need to get rid of this bit, do this, do that. He gave us all this solid ass advice. Flash forward two months. Uh, we do the weekend with them. That weekend was so beneficial, brother. The, he literally watched all five sets, critiqued all five sets. At the end of the weekend, we stayed at the hotel with him. He didn't have to get us a hotel room, but he did. He got us a hotel room. We're in plush hotel, too. Wow. Not that we were. That's so Food, nice. drinks. And it was like an education of sorts because when we got done with that weekend, he goes, Hey, listen, I'm going to be in such and such. You guys got a little more work to do. And so, you know, he gave us a cell phone number. We stayed in text contact. Uh, six months goes by last comic standing comes up again. We're standing in line. We're the first fucking ones again, standing in line. Ralphie shows up at the improv to do a show goes, why did you tell me? And we're like, ah, oh, you know, we didn't want to bug you. He's all, you'll never bug me. You're my friends. And we're like, friends. We're like, oh shit, we're his friends. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, we're his fucking friends, bro. Like we were shocked. <laughs> so we made it a little further that time and we got through the, the first part and we got booted off uh, eventually as we were leaving a producer pulled us to the side and goes, Hey boys, I got this other TV show. I think you'd be great. It's called show me the money. Here's my card. Blah, blah, blah. We're like, yeah, right. We are already deflated because we lost last comic standing. A week goes by. I call the number and they sent us down for an audition. We get the TV show come to find out it was, are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> and Right. We didn't know Jeff Foxworthy was part of it. It wasn't even on TV. We were like on the third or fourth episode. We do the show. We went 175 grand on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Wow. We found out that combined, uh, we're as smart as a fourth grader. <laughs> we, we call Ralph and we're like, Ralph, you won't fucking believe it. We got on Are You Smarter? He's like, no way, baby. He's like, let's celebrate. And he invites us to his house. Can't fucking believe it. It's in the Hollywood Hills, man. We go... He lived on Wonderland Street, a famous fucking street where John Holmes and all that crazy story fucking went down. Right. And he educated us again. We were on this fucking thing. And he goes, boys, meet me in such and such town. I'm going to take you on the road. And we're like, what? Because he would take his wife a lot. Yeah. And so the weekends that he didn't take his wife, he'd take us. And that began our friendship. That led to just being on the road. One weekend led to two weekends, to three, to four and then a year or two later, he got a tour bus, and then we never really left the tour bus after that. Wow, wow, man, that's insane. I, I couldn't, I can't even imagine like your mindset at that point where things are just happening like this, and you're just like, "Where am I?" <laughs> that's what it was. We were just so honored to be opening up to sold out crowds that range from three hundred to three thousand yeah. every night. You know, and no one knew us. No one knew who we were. We had, Ralphie paid for our first comedy special, the Filthy Animals Tour. He paid out of his own pocket yeah. and didn't ask anything. Still paid us. Didn't ask for anything until we, uh, then he got his money back once we got the, it was filmed. We got on Amazon Prime. And then 
it's distributed and still distributed in Walmart. Like, dude, we can go into Walmart right now and see our fucking comedy special. That's mind blowing, dude. Every time I'm in Walmart, I they're not in all now been a handful of years, but to go into a Walmart and see your shit on a fucking shelf is the greatest. That's gotta dude. be wild. The, the greatest. Well, I could tell you personally that, you know, going through some hard times, I'll throw on, you know, the church or whatever and listen to your guys' old episodes and like it it warms my heart to know that there's people out there that still you know, hold not not even just Ralphie, but just hold close friends to a high standard and a high honor, and uh, and it's kind of like they're still there, you know. And especially you guys and Joey together, um, it's amazing to watch because I I you could tell from those episodes how much Joey loved him, and you know, how does that like? How does that feel to know that you have such an amazing support system? Kind of, kind of through him. Also, his show was so is is still huge. You know, both of his podcasts. It's how has he helped you out at all? Like his advice as well. Yeah, yeah, Coco. We met grinding on the streets doing shows because Coco was in California too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, in the church of what's happening now helped us. We were on there three times. Every single time was was enlightening it felt good it was therapeutic and to know that coco's a real coco diaz is a real motherfucker he 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 loved ralphie supported ralphie uh on off stage and same with us he'll call like i know with ralphie's birthday being this thursday february 17th i know that either i'll call coco in the next two days or he'll call me yeah. And we'll talk and we'll share a Ralphie or two story. And who knows, you know, I know we've been saying we're going to do his new podcast, the joint. So maybe we, maybe who knows, maybe we'll be on there soon, oh but my gosh, that'd be great. It, great. And because Coco, uh, he was there when Ralph passed and, and helped us kind of get through it and was a, was a rock for us to lean on because our world came tumbling down when Ralphie passed away in Las Vegas. Mm. And, uh, basically passed away in his sleep kind of deal fell out of bed kind of deal uh that shut everything down there went the residency in vegas uh we were yeah he yeah he was at the he he had a residency and the residency once it was over we were going to go back out ralphie unfortunately was going through a divorce um all of us went through a divorce uh during touring chat my brother got divorced ralphie got divorced I even got divorced. Just being gone and on the road isn't conducive to keep a marriage healthy and going. And um, it's hard to solve problems in your marriage when you're in fucking Detroit or name the city or whatever. So it was one of those things where the divorce was almost over. His residency had a little bit more time. We were going to hit the road and you know, he was going through an emotional thing like divorce with children. I have children. It's a very emotional thing. Not that a regular divorce isn't, but when there's bodies that are dependent on their mom and dad and their separation, it's a tough thing to go through for yourself and for the children. Yeah. So Ralphie was going through that. We were just about to go on a new tour. We were all working on new material. Ralphie was working on this new that no one will ever see because he passed. But that his new special that was going to get filmed was crazy. It, it was wild. It was literally like a 35, 40 minute story 
about me, my brother and Ralphie on this crazy adventure. And I mean, a lot of it fabricated, but so fucking fun, man. So fuck. He took a little bit of the truth and just stretched it into fucking pandemonium. But it was one of those things where Ralphie passing brought us closer to Coco. It brought us closer to a handful of other comics. Sure. And it made us realize that life is short and we need to appreciate the good, the bad. And, and, and we actually just kind of look back at all those times with Ralphie. And even though there were some down bad times, you don't even think about that anymore. Now it's just the good times shine through. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess kind of in, in, in closing, you know, how important is your relationship with your brother now? You know, I'm sure that it, it's never been more close, but is it, uh, do you guys feel like you're, you're stronger now since you kind of had to go through those things? Yeah. There were times where then the pandemic hit Yeah, where comedy was done, to be honest with you. I thought until yeah. it's nowhere near where it was. I mean, we still do our dirty show. It's the longest running comedy show at an improv. It's going to be running, this April 420, believe it or not, <laughs> is the 16-year anniversary of our show that we've been producing, hosting, booking for literally every three weeks for 16 years, with the only exception of during the pandemic, it was shut down. Right. So we're literally celebrating 16 years on 420. Uh, we're not sold out all the way. We're still getting 200 people into a show, which 200 people on a Wednesday night is nothing to shake a stick at. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But- um, it's one of those things where you appreciate it. Hell, we did a show recently to fucking like 14 people and our, we were down. We were like, what the fuck? Not that it, it's just been so long for us to do a show to 14 people in this room that holds 350 to where we were like discouraged. And we watched the first comic bomb. Then we watched the second comic bomb. And I told my brother, I go, he goes, we're fucked. You know? I go, no, we're going to come out there. Like there's 1400 people in that room and we're yeah. going to fucking just come guns blazing. Like the young guns on the fucking horses. We're jumping off this cliff and we're going to go fucking hard in the paint. And that's what we did. And we turned it around. We ended up doing an hour and 10 minutes to 14 people. Wow. And it was fucking killer. Yeah. Did all the jokes get over? No, of course not. But it was fucking awesome. And yeah, it was a little discouraging. There's 14 people in a big ass room and they're all spread out, you know, COVID, you know, restrictions. Everyone's spread out. So you got sure. five back and fucking four over here. But you know what? It made us appreciate those rooms that we did where you're in the round and there's 5,000 people or there's 2,000 in a theater, an old historic theater that fucking Charlie Chaplin or the Three Stooges performed in or something, you know? So you look back and you appreciate. And it just goes to show that even after 16, 17 years, there's still work to do. There's yeah. still... Yeah. You know, they're still, you know, you're still learning, you're still grinding and we appreciate the shit out of it. You know, and I remember Ralphie saying that, you know, annihilating a room full of like 14 people is way more impressive than having like a standing ovation from a room full of like 5,000 or 14,000 or whatever it is. And I'm like, you know what? You got to be right on that one because I mean, I did my first stand up thing a while ago like first real one and I it's like man I bombed 
And I had a little old lady come up to me. And Corey, I never forget this. She goes, when are you performing next? I'm coming. I'll be there. And I was just like, that's worth it. That to me is like, I don't care who's there. That stuff is just great. I love that. Yeah. That means you connected with that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. and then there's times where you don't get a big response. And then after the show, they're trying to take pictures. They're buying your merch. But the whole time <laughs> they're sitting there with their arms folded and you're like, what the fuck? But it's performance art. It's not always, people don't always laugh and, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, it's yeah. okay. I learned that if the joke doesn't get over and, or if the audience is quiet, soak it in, yeah. relish, you know, enjoy the moment. Well, my brother, I cannot tell you how much it means to me that you, you came on the show and, and chit chatted with me. It, it means the world to me. And I personally, Ralphie was one of my favorites, Coco, and it's you guys. It's nice to see a family sort of camaraderie between you guys, and, and you still hold that to the highest honor, and you're indeed a gentleman. I appreciate you coming on the show. I really mean that. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll have to do it again when my brother's a little closer, and we'll both get on, and Chad's busy doing a voiceover thing, but we'll uh, – We'll get together and we'll have to do this again. And oh, I uh, love that. I would love that. Yeah. Next time, because you're in what, the Boston, New England area? Or? Yeah, I'm in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. So next time we're in that area, we'll have to hit you up so you can come out to a show and we'll we'll fraternize and, and chat I'd it up. I'd love that. I'd love that. Oh, man. I can't, I'm so happy you came on. I really now, am. I'm happy. I had a good time talking to you, brother. Let me know. And, uh, We'll get the word out and let some people hear this podcast. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this has been a Why You Laughing podcast, and you know the rest. Take care. Be good. Be cool. Be careful. Go check out the Smash Brothers, obviously, and uh, the Dirty Show is on Wednesday night, you said, right? Yeah, at the Ontario Improv in Southern California. It's every month. Man. All right. Go check it out. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, buddy. <laughs>